Hello everyone, I'm Estela Casas, creative brand strategist for the Viva Auto Group family of dealerships. Thanks for listening to the Viva Style podcast, where we have interesting conversations about the automotive industry that provides hundreds of jobs in the borderland. Let's talk Viva Style. Well, hello, friend. I don't even know where to start with you. <laughs> well, we have a long story. We do have uh, not only a long story, but many stories. So, Fran, um, I used to work with Fran many years ago, and uh, you wore so many different hats, and I'm not sure what role you played in the newsroom because you were such a big part of, of every aspect of uh, putting together a newscast. Yeah. So, what were your different titles again? Well, um, when I first came to the station, I was the web director and, and responsible to redesign the website. And then I became a producer, which was really out of my realm of experience. But, um, you know, Eric, Kevin, they trusted me and let me take on that role. And then after I'd done that for a couple of years, I became executive producer, which is really how I kind of became the mother of that newsroom. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, that was, and I still did wear a lot of hats then. I, I think that's what makes you so special and so unique. Uh, right now, fast forward, you know, 10 years, however many years, and uh, you still wear a lot of different hats. And that's what makes you so interesting. What is the biggest hat you wear? Well, mother and wife and a uh, life coach, maybe possibly in that order. Um, I'm doing a lot of stuff now. We, I have a blended family, you know, and there's challenges there. But no, that's the most important thing. Family has always been the most important thing to me, even when I was super into my career and, you know, Ooh, I'm on this track. I'm gonna <laughs> climb the ladder, and then I got to the top of the ladder and realized I didn't want to be there. It wasn't satisfying in the way that I anticipated it would be. So I I started that downhill climb, um, and a lot of things happened during that time. I was widowed, and uh, <laughs> you were a young widow. Tell tell me a little bit about that. I know you went through a really tough time, and and um, I, I see I see your your eyes changed, your eyes changed when you you thought about. Would you like to share what happened? Sure. We, I um, I have been living in Missouri, and wanted to get back to the Southwest, so I took a pay cut and a lesser, I don't want to say lesser, that sounds really... A different role. <laughs> a different role, a less demanding role. Yes. Um, in a new station in Phoenix so that we could move out there and be closer to our kids and or my son and my grandsons and all of that. And um, I ended up leaving that job and trying to transition into some other kind of work. And... During that time, um, my husband died unexpectedly. Uh, he was young. He was 45. Mm. And 
uh, you know, our whole world got turned upside down by that. So for me, there was before, mm-hmm. right? there was me before, and then there was me after. And me before um, always felt limited or, you know, I, I, maybe I'm not good enough for that or maybe, you know, and me after, I just, I can't care anymore. I can't care about um, whether I'm good enough. I am. I'm good enough. I've already proven that, you know, that was the worst thing ever to happen in my life, ever. And I'm going to get all Corona about it now, but, you know, I'm very happy with my life, but that's still, it's still sad. You know, we're coming off of July, and July was the month that it happened. And every year it comes for me, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm fortunate that I've remarried, and um, I have a husband who understands how it's how it can be possible for me to be very happy and very sad at the same time. And everything in between, right? Exactly. It's just, you know, I feel like I, this is life, and I want to live life. So whatever comes, comes. So when you say living life, you 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 have to enjoy, you have to laugh, you have to love, you have to um, have so many different emotions, and that's what's what living is all about. Yes, definitely. So that is what changed your whole world. Becoming a widow is what changed your entire world. Changed you. It undoubtedly. It. You know, I I'm a believer that there are certain points in life where. You just have, and they're pretty predictable, where you just have these paradigm shifts, right? Everything changes in your life. And, and all human beings experience that when you turn 18 or when you, know, when you hit your Milestones. Yes, sure. Exactly. But this one, for me, I really, it really forced me to not step up because I always was taking care of my kids and my family and whatever, but it forced me to look at how I take care of myself. It forced me to um, look at the world differently. Differently, Of course, of course. And that continues to happen in your life. Uh, You know, before we started, I said you have many challenges and you don't see them as challenges. They're just living in life, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to share some of the, the other uh, things that I consider challenges, but that you consider just everyday occurrences? Well, I mean, I'm not sure what you consider challenge to me and what I just consider life. But if you're talking about um, blending a family, if you're talking about having a trans child um, th- first of all the the evolution 
of that. I've never, it's, you know, I've never, as far as I'm concerned, none of, there's nothing any of my kids could ever do that would change what I think of or feel oh, of about. Of course, them. of course not. They're our children. And so when, when, um, when my son, Sam, said, this is the deal, you know, Sam was born female, and uh, we're transitioning now. And it's mostly social transition because he's young, he's right. underage. Um, but we're legally changing his name, and <clears throat> that is how he's presenting to the world, and he's going into high school now. And I think that, rather than look at that as any kind of challenge, I'm like, well, this is where I step up as a mother, mm -hmm. um, because it's not it's not kind to people who are different in that way. Right. And so I'm I'm uh, I'm in mama bear mode a lot now because you know we go to school and what I want my child to be respected and all of that. So we you know we've. <laughs> challenge i mean it, i can no, tell you the challenge that's that's very hard and i mean all of a sudden you hear all these celebrities whose children come out as transgender and uh so they hold it in for a long time mm -hmm. you you haven't you 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 are uh, are very open about talking uh, about your child and it's hard but because you know i think that that is the only way that the world changes if people it, you know if you think about it just in terms of of gay people right um, if you stay in the closet, mm -hmm. no one can hear you, you know? Mm -hmm. And if no one can hear you, then, then the world doesn't look the same as when you're in it and talking about it and being open and honest about it. And living. And living, exactly. I really would love to have a, a time, to achieve a time where... People don't have to talk about it, where it's just normal, mm -hmm. you know, where it's just, this is how human beings are. Well, it is becoming more the norm, or at least you hear about it more. It's always been, it's always happened, but now you get to talk about it and be more open about it. And that allows a lot of people to come out and start living. Right. And that's, there's a little bit, you know, for me, <clears throat> there's a little bit of a dichotomy there because I, on the one hand, have a very strong desire to protect my child. Right. Right. Not just not from harm necessarily, although yes, that, but to socially. protect them socially and emotionally and, yeah. and all of those things. And then there's also the the knowledge that if I don't advocate for him vocally, mm -hmm. if I don't show him how to advocate for himself vocally and out there, mm -hmm. then that battle to make him safe and protected and all of that is lost right. just by inaction. And I'm not, I can't, I can't uh, not do anything about that. I can't not be vocal about that because I think in the long run, it's better for him and for everyone. Everyone else, sure. So that's a big hat you're wearing right now. 
I guess we all, you know, put on different hats. Like, okay, this one's coming off, and okay, let's put this one on, and let's put, you know, take this one off now. And all right, you know, I'll wear five of these at a time. <laughs> at a time. I'm making that's a right. statement. <laughs> what is your statement, Fran? I, you know, I don't know that I have a statement. I, I think, I think that the thing that I tell everybody and the thing that I, uh, the most important thing to me to do in life is to love. And what I want people to understand is that love looks different depending on the situation. So the question to ask is, what is the most loving thing I can do right now? In, in this all moment? aspects. Right. Okay. Because sometimes the most loving thing I can do for someone is to uh, step away from them. Right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes the most loving thing I can do is make space mm -hmm. so that I don't. Or just get in their face, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> and everything in, in between. And, and maybe, you know, maybe I love you so much, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. Right. Or maybe I love you so much, I'm not going to say anything at all. Mm -hmm. And I love myself enough, right, that I'm going to step back and not, I'm going to pick my battles, right? And that's it. That's, and that shows maturity, courage and just so many so many qualities so many qualities that you that you bring to the table and i've seen you um just develop and and um change and that's pretty cool so so let me tell you that just recently i reconnected with with fran uh, about a year ago maybe mm -hmm. and in, through facebook facebook and all those social media uh, platforms are very powerful and I, I connected because I read I read your stories and I read your comments and I and I and I picked up on your pain. I remember calling Fran and saying, "Hey, Fran, what's going on?" And I hadn't done that. And I kept I kept reading her posts and reading what she was posting. And then I said, "You know, Fran, who knows my voice, who also knew my pain when we were uh, uh, coworkers." I said, Fran, will you help me edit a book? So I've, I've written a book. It's about 43 chapters long. And uh, it's about my journey, my journey with breast cancer, on how my journey with, with breast cancer, like your journey as, as a widow, changed me and improved me and made me also feel that I am enough. Um, and Fran said, yes, let's do it. So we've been working closely for uh, about a year, and uh, we've finished the book, and now hopefully we can you know, send it out to get it published. But um, it, was, it was a challenge for you. I, I, okay, I'm not going to use the word challenge. It was a, an exercise in what for you? Well, you know, we had so many things happen that were similar um, throughout the course of our friendship and working relationship. Uh, we both lost our mothers. We both had um, later in bonus life babies. babies. Yes, bonus <laughs> babies. Um, and I think we connected in those ways. But when I worked with you, um, there's a certain part of... Um, 
television news production where you really you if you're a writer like I am um you have to learn to speak with someone's voice and and I knew how to do that for you very well so but when I started receiving the chapters and I started going through them I realized I didn't I missed all of this right because I didn't live here anymore mm-hmm. And if I had lived in El Paso, um, I would have been right there in that journey with you. So it was like I was experiencing for the first time everything you had already been through and, and done. And it was some of it was really hard to just even read through, much less try to edit and tweak and, and really make it sing, mm-hmm. you know? Because that's what I said, Fran, make it sing. <laughs> but when I, it, I felt so privileged to be able to see that from, from the very real place that you wrote. And I'm not, not to say anything about, but the stories that you did when you were still in television and all of that, those were great stories. But they were more informative, more less personal mm-hmm. and the book is raw the book doesn't pull any punches at all the book is you know the story of it not just oh well here's how this works and here's how you know here's what it's like to get a breast implant or anything i mean this is it's very I can't tell you how much I admire the the courage that it took for you to put that out there. It it's very personal. It's very moving. And I think it it speaks to the kind of person that you are even when you haven't realized that about yourself. And the strength that you possess to to keep on keeping on to keep on going we share that in common as well (laughs) yes we do yes we do we have a lot of things in common and that's why i asked you to do this um i uh, the book is not out yet it's it's close we're close you know i want i don't want that window to close uh because my my goal you know i was asked so why are you doing something like this so personal why would you share it with a stranger i said well you know what um these these readers may be strangers to me, but I may not be a stranger to them because I've made that connection over the years through through the newscast. Now they're just going to get to see the person behind, you know, that that's not on camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's it's been pretty painful. And I and I I started reading reading uh, a few chapters again, and it is pretty raw and it is pretty pretty open. And um, I'm excited, and it it was a privilege too for me to work with you through this and, and hopefully we can, you know, get together uh, again and talk about the book and, and, and see what kind of results and what kind of, uh, um, how, how people receive this book. Right. So my goal, my goal is to, is to give it to sell it to, uh, cause some of that money is going to go to, to, to the stand with the Stella fund, the stand with the Stella Casas cancer foundation. And, um, my goal is to, uh, sell it to these, uh, oncologists and to hospitals so they can give it out because they can make that connection. 
one thing is to know that your neighbor, you know, had cancer, is going through breast cancer. And one thing is to maybe see somebody who you've watched on TV for all those years, you know, and came out, you know, with, they think that they were special and that, that somebody does our makeup and picks our clothes and does our hair. And I mean, you know, that's not true. So we have to talk about that too, because there's a misconception about who we are. And I guess this just opens the door to showing people who I am. And I'm going to tell you because I, this just this thought just struck me as you were talking about it and having somebody ask you why would you do that why would you be so personal or um, because if you don't then it doesn't get said in the same way that if I don't talk about my child if I don't talk about myself mm-hmm. it doesn't I can't help anyone if I just keep quiet. It stays in the closet. It stays in the closet. And if you're coming out and showing people, this is what this was really like. It wasn't all, you know, (laughs) peaches and cream, I guess. Right. But this is really what the experience was like. I think for any person out there who experiences the same kind of fight it's inspirational it's it is something that says to or ought to say to someone that you can do this too you know i'm and and sort of ironically i'm not special right you are i'm not special but you can do this and i feel like as not only as as a person, as a woman, right? Sometimes it's really hard for women to find their voices. Sometimes it's really exactly. hard to have those voices be heard. And the fact that you put it out there and it, and you're real with it, not not you know, not BS. That's the most important thing about that is it's authentic and it's real and. A person can know. Ah, this this was experienced by someone else, and they're here telling me the story about it. That means I could do this too. Are you going to write a book? I'm considering it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you have a lot to say too. I, you know, my books though, or the book that I've had in me for a long time is. Uh, it's not. A, a triumph story or anything like that. It's more about um, grief and the transformative power of it and how you, how we can all learn to accept that because, you know, honestly, my my husband died unexpectedly and young and I was young. I was only 44. And the truth is, <clears throat> all of us are going to experience it exactly at one time or another and it's your death is as much a part of your life as your birth and we need to treat it that way we need to get past this sort of taboo around death and that's that's what i want to write about so so uh, wh- i just thought of this so John's death was actually your rebirth. 
Uh, kind of, yeah. And there, I mean, it was an uncomfortable, <laughs> to put it very mildly, rebirth. Well, uh, everything, everything that you have to go through to to get to relive and and come back alive, come back, is difficult, and it is it is. I'm not going to use the word challenging. <laughs> it's such an easy word to use. It is, but um. That's what takes us to where we are. It's it's the path that we have to go through. You know, we have to go through some some ugly times and some bad times to get to where we are. Right. That's that's absolutely true. Uh, we have we just have so much to talk about. Um, anything you'd like to add that you feel that that women will walk away and, and men and, and families um, with with a message today. I think the thing that's been on my mind most recently. Um, is I want people to learn to embrace the idea that we're all connected and it's not possible for us to be separate from each other. And I'm not talking about codependency or anything. No, 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 no. We're all, we are all literally in this together. And do you think COVID just proved that or has it always been the same? And, but now, uh, oh, we can't, we, we can't, we can't say it was because of COVID. No, I crutch. No, I think that COVID definitely proved that we're all more connected than we than we think. Unfortunately, it also showed us that we easily divide from each other. And that's not that's not okay by me, you know. But the idea that we're all connected, we're all part of whatever the unfolding that is occurring, means that, in a sense, we do have responsibility to each other. Um, and again, I don't mean that codependently at all. I mean that human beings are interdependent. We're meant to be that way. Mm-hmm. We're meant to exist with and for each other. And... You know, maybe that's a book. <laughs> but <laughs> you have a lot, a lot of things to talk about. <laughs> but seriously, that's literally when you strip away everything. That's all that's left. That and that's the essential truth. I mean, you can have money and fame and cars and houses, and you can have all of those things, and that's all just window dressing. But we like to imagine that it's the thing. And, it, and it's so not the thing. The thing that matters is us Making together. that connection. Interdependent. Mm-hmm. The rest of it, psh, you know, as long as I can eat and sleep and sleep and, you know, be clean and whatever, <laughs> I'm good. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. That and you and you <laughs> and... You know, we we don't just live for ourselves. That's what I feel like is the biggest thing in my mind lately. We've had uh, some deep, deep conversation. Um, my last question is, what's next for Fran? Well, um, so as you know, just a few years ago, I finally graduated from college. I finally 
uh, went to college. <laughs> I hadn't. It only took me 25 years, so right? I, yeah. I get it. We, another <laughs> another commonality for us. All right. But, um, no, what I think I've been contemplating very hard lately is actually going back to school um, to get my LPC. Because I feel like, I, I don't know, I feel called to that. I feel called to counseling and helping people I mean I feel generally like I'm a helper kind of person but I feel like I could most effectively do that with a degree and and a license I'm sure you that whatever you choose to to pursue you're going to be successful at I I know that and I you know I just want to tell people that um I I I I I don't feel like I have this calling that you know that God tells me this is what you need to do next. But I think we should be listening to our our um, inner self to say this is where I'm going to go, and there's a reason why I I made that connection with you over Facebook, and there's a reason why I made different connections uh, during my journey, and just listen to that and follow your heart. Exactly, your heart speaks to you. Yes, it does. Thanks for opening up yours today. Uh, it was a great conversation with Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And um, I look forward to seeing you again. And I would love for you to come to my book unveiling because we did this together, connected. I will definitely be there. We'll see you. <laughs> Thanks, Thank friend. Thank you. We'd like to hear what you think about today's conversation. Go to the Viva Auto Group Facebook page and like us. If you're in the market for a new or pre-owned car or truck, we invite you to choose a Viva vehicle.